This is Camp Code, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. Camp Code is dedicated to helping you create and facilitate the most effective leadership training so we as an industry can raise the bar for professionalism and preparedness of our staff. You can find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and directors at camphacker.tv. Welcome to Camp Code, a podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. This podcast is dedicated to what many camp professionals believe to be the most important time at camp, no matter what you call it, staff training, orientation, or leadership training. This critical time period prepares your staff to fulfill all the promises that you make to parents and customers throughout the rest of the year. And today there are just two of us uh, because we are getting very close to camp time. So those of us that aren't actively directing camps right now, I wanted to squeeze in one more podcast uh, for you this season. So Beth, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Absolutely. I'm Beth Allison. I'm co-owner of Camp Hacker and uh, one of the founders of Go Camp Pro. I was an executive director and camp director for 15 years in Muskoka, Ontario, Canada, and I'm now a consultant, and my passion, of course, is very intentional leadership training. And even though Gab is not here, this morning I had my tea in my Camp Waro mug quite by accident, but obviously, you know, the world was telling me that Gab needed to be with us today. So we're sorry she's not here and wishing her a great summer at Camp Waro. Indeed. Awesome. Thanks, Beth. And I'm Ruby Compton. I'm the Western North Carolina Program Director for an organization called Muddy Sneakers. We take public school fifth graders out into the woods and teach them their science curriculum. And we also run a small summer day camp that one of my instructors is in charge of. So I'll be overseeing that this summer, but in, out of the, the real, you know, day-to-day life, which is going to be very strange and a lot of fun. <laughs> it will be very strange. You're going to spend the summer trying to figure out what you do with your time. What, that do, I, was, what do I do? What does everybody else do? what we did our very first year. We walked around going, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, today's topic is training for satellite or off-site staff. And Beth is going to share a little bit more about why we chose this topic. With our podcast, we talk nonstop about the importance of staff training And a huge focus for us is on that training period. So whether it's one week or two weeks or 10 days, whatever, and building community with that group of people. But we wanted to be sure not to forget those really amazing staff members who have those kinds of calls and that calling to be out in the wild for the summer and who don't spend the summer with us each and every day and who we don't get to be there to watch succeed or help them through their struggles. And they deserve some special attention. And so we're hoping to give some ideas today that will spark you to take care of your trip staff, your satellite staff, those who do to circumstances, just don't get that sense of family and support on a daily basis that your on-site staff automatically get. Great. And I'm really excited to talk about this topic, too, because in a lot of ways, my school year staff is somewhat of a satellite staff. I don't Mm. see them very often. Um, And so in our in our trainings and our meetings, when we get together, it's like, oh, my gosh, how are you? How's life? (laughs) So uh, I'm I'm really excited for us to talk about this. and, And hopefully we can both share some good insights for everybody. Cool. Well, let's jump right in. So our first question today is how do you set staff up for success when they will be working off camp for the majority of the season? So Beth, you want to start us off? Sure. So these folks also, of course, need to be fully on board with your mission because they are the ambassadors of that mission with campers who are not on site and not under your watchful eye. 
So working with them to hear their ideas for their programs, to get their input, challenging them to dig deeper and be really creative and having them a part of those discussions uh, at this time of year or months before camp starts, hopefully you've already started to do that, um, it, it allows them to feel truly a part of the process and of course will create buy-in. So I would be meeting with them via Skype, in person, um, if possible, at least once a month after they're hired to get to know them, to learn about their skills, their fears, their questions, their hopes, their dreams for the program and for themselves for the summer. And I would give them direction, but allow them to take ownership because they're also likely one of those staff members who's smarter than you in certain subjects. And we just finished a podcast on that recently. So not micromanaging them is really important. I think one of the most important things is to make sure that you give them enough time before camp starts so that they can spend as much of leadership training as possible with the rest of the staff team. And often trippers are needing that time to plan routes, to prep menus, to check and order or repair equipment or get trail passes and book sites, whatever it is they have to do. So if the only time they have to do this is during training, they miss the opportunity to bond with the rest of staff and then find that sense of connection that's so important. So there's a lot of training that doesn't necessarily apply to their jobs. And so I've seen the mistake, and I've made it myself, of allowing them to miss most of those sessions in order to do their prep work. But with experience, I've learned the importance of bringing them in ahead of time to get that planning and ordering and purchasing done and encouraging them to participate in training. There should be very few sessions that don't apply to them in some way. Plus, they are usually really wise people or else we would not allow them to care for kids and staff when we're not there. So you would want to use them and their expertise and have them lead sessions and or get their input in sessions that other people are leading. Building that relationship with them, with the rest of the staff, will be key to helping them feel included and supported the rest of the summer. Love it. And I can't agree more. I've, I've certainly also seen trainings where um, the tripping staff kind of came in and out and they get to the end of training and they feel like I, I kind of missed out or I don't know these people as well. And mm-hmm. even even though you're starting the summer with a group of people who you're not going to see every day and not be working with every day, I think it is so important for them to be integrated in and, and feel like they're a part of this community because they're taking that community and replicating it elsewhere. So we want to make sure that they uh, feel that and understand it and and um, have some resources within that community beyond just the director, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, and I think one of the fun things that I saw happen at Green River was the encouragement to um, have, once our expedition staff left, to have folks who had worked with them during training or lived in the cabins with them during training or been in groups with them to, to be pen pals and send mm. them mail out uh, <laughs> wherever they were. And it's just so cool that they get a little taste of camp throughout the summer. Um, and so I would, I really strongly encourage that if you can, or, or I know uh, at Cairn, the board members would write letters to the staff. And so that's something that I'm hoping to institute at, at Muddy Sneakers as well as a, like, as a, way to let people know we're thinking about you. Like the organization is thinking about you, even though you're kind of out there on your own. Um, I, I also think that it is important 
at the beginning of the summer to make sure you verify skills. And there's a lot of ways you can do this, right? Like a lot of times your tripping staff are going to have maybe more climbing experience or, or whitewater experience or, or more just high adventure experience. And that's awesome. But we all know that what's written on paper doesn't equate to having the skill truly and uh, being mm -hmm. able to teach that skill. And so during training, if your, your satellite staff are around, is it possible for them to lead a canoe trip for the staff or lead some climbing for the staff so that, A, you can see how are their skills you know, how comfortable are they with teaching? Um, how proficient are they at teaching? Uh, and you get an opportunity to provide some critiques right then and there. And you can get feedback from uh, the staff that have gone through training with them or just you watching or your leaders watching who you trust. So uh, I think that that's really, really important because I, I've certainly also seen situations where you're like, oh, they're going to be great. And I totally trust them. And they interviewed well and they're very mature. And you get them out there and, and they crumble because nobody actually said, wait, do you actually feel comfortable doing this? <laughs> and I think a lot of times we just fake it till we make it. So I think that that's really, really important. Um, and to, and to follow up on that a little bit, if it's possible to shadow throughout the summer, um, and it doesn't have to be you, like you as the director, it may not be you, but one year we were able to send one of our interns out to the Outer Banks to go just be a part of a trip for a few days. And it was sweet for her because she got to go out to the yeah. Outer Banks for a week out of the mountains. Um, and, and it was great because she got to come in as an external person and kind of feel out some group dynamics that were going on and, um, and provide some feedback and come back and report and say, yeah, you know, things are great or this isn't going so well. And I think this is where they need some more support. Great. Other thoughts for you, Beth? Yeah, I have a few. I'm going to tack on to your thoughts about pen pals. Feeling disconnected to and missing camp can be that really big issue with satellite staff, especially when they are coming off that mountaintop high of leadership training where everybody bonds and becomes a family and they're inspired and excited for amazing adventures. And then all of a sudden they're off all alone with maybe just a few other staff. So in addition to the pen pal staff, we ensured that one program staff person per week was in charge of connecting with each of our offsite people. And we usually had three offsite people each week. So, well, four technically. Um, so we had trippers, but we also ran a program called Camp in Your Own Backyard or CYOB. So we would send staff to local churches and they would run day camp programs there. So. Um, these program staff often would work together, the ones who were in charge for the week, and collaborate on ideas. And because that program person had only one week to be responsible for uh, um, you know, keeping in touch with somebody else, they usually went all out and did some really fun things. So they would blog about camp so that the tripper could read what happened at camp when they got back to site. And this was just for them. It wasn't a public thing. It was just something that they would do for just the, the trippers or the CYOB staff. And they would collect short notes from people throughout the week with words of encouragement or gratitude for that satellite person. Um, they might make a photo collage of what the person missed at camp that week. And of course, now they can text or email through the week for those people who are doing camp in your own backyard. Obviously, it's a little bit harder to do when you're out in the middle of the wilderness, but um, just something to keep that person connected and to help them know that they weren't forgotten with all the craziness of camp that was going on. And to touch, you can tell Ruby and I think a lot of light because I'm going to touch on um, scenarios and stuff. So running those um, during training with them is really important. So I love the idea of taking people out on trip. I remember one year 
Our trippers always used to take our senior staff, our resource staff, out on trip before the counselors arrived. Um, and to this day, I mean, oh gosh, it was 20 some odd years ago, but one of my favorite trippers of all time, he was really nervous and really excited, wanted to do a good job. And we got to campsite and realized he had no uh, cutlery. <laughs> like we had gotten trip and he, he was making um, lazy pierogies and we had no cutlery. Um, so it became a staff joke through the summer um, about, you know, taking cutlery on trip. And so we still see him and occasionally we'll just, you know, go out for dinner and say, should we use cutlery? Um, or, or try to figure out how we did it on trip. But anyway, um, staff need to be aware of your expectations during a crisis, um, during an issue with a parent, how often you wish to be reported to. And of course, they should be highly qualified in first aid if you're sending them out alone. But doing scenarios, especially for trippers, about what they should do if tragedy should strike in the wilderness, and not just with the injured camper, but with all of the other campers and the support staff who are there. Our second year of directing, one of the LITs who was, what we thought, a very healthy 16-year-old, had a heart attack out on trip. And it turns out that she had a pre-existing condition that nobody knew about until it was too late. She is alive and well. Um, but it was a really scary time for our lit directors and trippers. And this was back in the day when there was no cell coverage, no sat phones, nothing like that. It was like 1995, I think. And our staff were amazing, but it forced us to really look at policy and to work harder to prepare our satellite staff to be out there and to be decision makers without us. And staff need to understand what information to get out what not to say or put out there before the chain of command is informed or parents are contacted. So this needs to be crystal clear so that you all have a sense of confidence about how things will go. And of course, once we did get a satellite phone, uh, we did have a system set up for them to call us on certain days at certain times just to let us know things were okay. They were not long calls. They were very um, just really short uh, check-ins, but we all knew that they were important so that everybody could just breathe a little easier. And we had a staff member who sat by the phone, you know, at five o'clock on Thursdays because they knew that was the time that we were going to get a call um, just so we could just touch base with each other. Um, and I think the last thing I would say under this question would be, it's so important um, to make the trippers and for us, the CYOB staff feel welcome and missed that when they were returning up the camp driveway, the driver, and it's like a kilometer or a little over a mile long, um, the, the driver would radio us in center camp to let us know, and we would gather any staff or campers who were around to line up and cheer for them as they returned. So they'd get this big welcome on the way back. And our lits, um, they went out on trip uh, once a month, so each group would go for a week, and resource staff would be on hand to welcome them back um, when they got home as soon as they got out of their trip vans. So just something else to kind of make them feel connected. I love that. That's fantastic. It was fun. And it was really fun for everybody to be on the welcoming committee too, right? Yeah, uh, I love it. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, I want to piggyback on a couple of things that Beth said. Um, One is I think this is a really critical uh, population of staff to make sure they get some additional training on how to handle parents because Mm, often mm -hmm. the best that they're going to be able to do is say, well, I can get the director on the phone, (laughs) but that is not as good as the person you're talking to face to face. If they're, you know, handling pickups, drop offs, emergencies, all that kind of stuff. So I really recommend spending some time 
not only doing camper scenarios and participant scenarios and what happens if another staff member goes down kind of scenarios, but also doing some parent scenarios mm. and, and doing some of the extremes and talking them through what, what happens there. Um, because to a lot of the parents, that may be the only staff member that they encounter from your camp. And so to them, that is, um, that is what camp is. That's, you know, your camp is that one staff member. So I think that that's really important. Yeah. Um, I also, a lot of times, um, your tripping staff are working in pairs or teams of three. And so like Beth was talking about earlier, um, on some of those phone calls ahead of time, those Skype calls, maybe even part of their application process, maybe not, um, doing some personality tests because mm -hmm. you need the right mix of people. <laughs> and the the longer that you're putting teams together, the more you get to know, you know, what personalities work, what personalities don't, what traits tend to conflict, and having really open dialogue about that amongst your team where people feel from the get-go that they can say, you know, this is something I really struggle with, or this is one of my challenges. I need you to help understand that and be okay with it. So um, I, I love that for doing it with counselors and with the leadership team, uh, but I think trip staff, it's especially important. And I know Beth has mentioned True Colors before uh, as a great one, and there are several others that are out there. And so I just can't recommend that enough. And, and I think it's worth it to bring in an outside facilitator even to, to do some of that um, so that you really have the vocabulary and, and set them up to be able to communicate about some of those issues throughout the rest of their time together. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. Well, let's move on to our next question, which is what tips do you have for offering feedback and providing in-service tra in training to off-site staff? I know for the American Camp Association, there's an expectation that in-service training will be happening throughout um, throughout the summer, and that can be really difficult when your staff are many miles away <laughs> so <laughs> or kilometers. Uh, so, Beth, what tips do you have to offer for, for folks listening? Thank you for the Canadian shout out. Um, I would make sure, so for us, in-service training, of course, was happening throughout the summer, but we had a specific in-service training period halfway through the summer. So it was a break um, for us after Pee Wee Camp, which is our little uh, five-year-olds, um, who stayed for two nights and three days, and before family camp came in. So just make sure that you book in-service training into the satellite staff schedules, if at all possible, and get it on the calendar. So really, I can only think of trippers who may be out in backcountry for six, seven, eight weeks on one trip where that would not be something you could schedule in. So in-service training should have something really specific for these staff members that may not apply to the rest. So be sure to set aside this time with you or with another leadership team member or an alumnus or you know a professional, somebody who can really help them do that. You want to make sure to allow them to really talk through their concerns, their successes, what changes they would like to make, and really take a pulse on how they're taking care of themselves and what needs that they have that you can help with. So getting it on the calendar, knowing that it's going to happen uh, when they have that break, when they're back on site, not just allowing them you know, to sleep and shower, and hopefully not in that order, but... Um, and you know, pack for the next trip, I think is really important. Cool. I like to try to find in-service training in the area where uh, these folks are working. So mm. uh, is there a lake that they're hiking by or camping by that you can get them out on a pontoon boat and a guided trip 
something like that. Um, can you hire a rock climbing guide to take them out so they can see this is how a professional company, you know, leads clients? Um, any way that they can connect further to the area where they are, I think that's only going to build a good relationship with your staff and that local area, but also your reputation that you're investing in the in the local communities where uh, you're bringing participants and, and your staff are maybe spending a big chunk of their summer. Um, and so look at your land management agencies, you know, your state parks, your national forests. That's a place that I would start. Um, look at any recreation um, companies, guiding services. That can be really cool because it, it can also provide your staff with with more opportunities to learn. And when they can be leading the backpacking trip and talking about, oh, this lake, you know, this was dammed up and flooded and here's the history of what used to be here. That makes their experience and your participants experience that much richer. I love that idea. That is a great idea. Yeah, do it. That <laughs> is amazing. Um, we had only, usually only one week trip, sometimes two, but usually one week. And so our tripper would come home to camp every Friday and and leave again on Sundays. So our CYLB program also, um, the staff would be gone for that week. So we had people in the local churches who would billet them and they would stay together in somebody's house and because they were not churches that were like within driving distance of camp. So they also came back on Friday nights and, and went out again on Sundays. So for us, this allowed us to have our satellite staff on site for Friday banquet meal and allowed us time to meet with them and hear the stories of their week and allow them to vent or celebrate or give feedback on routes or equipment that needed replacing or ideas for next year, etc. And again, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but you need to schedule this time into your day when your satellite staff come back so that they have time to be your only focus. And if you don't schedule it in, it will likely not happen because we all know what camp life is like and something always comes up. Travis used to always say at the end of the day, I, I don't know what I did today. Like I got nothing accomplished today. Um, but yet you work all day. So um, if you know that as the director that it's hard for you to find time on the day that trippers are coming back, be sure that you've allocated it to some other staff member. So your assistant director, your program director, whoever it is, to meet with these people and debrief their time. I would often go to pick up trips, so we would take several camp vehicles and then we would take my car. And then I would have the tripper in my car on the way home so we could debrief the week, um, you know, for 30 minutes or something like that. And having them return on the Friday to camp also, these were canoe trips, by the way, um, so they had to, we had to go and pick up canoes and people as well. Um, but having them return on the Friday to camp also provided them time to hang out with staff that they didn't see through the week. And then to have that, we had day off from Saturday noon to Sunday noon with their camp friends if that's what they wanted to do. So um, I, again, would just make time to schedule in an opportunity to catch up um, and to get take notes of, you know, this boat needs to be replaced, this whatever, the stove isn't working as well as it could be, instead of waiting to the end of the summer to find that kind of stuff out. Yes, debrief, debrief, debrief. That was on my list as well. Uh, so let me share how we do that at Muddy Sneakers because, again, my staff meet out at the site where they're meeting the kids. So it's not like they come to an office and mm -hmm. I brief them. Um, we have lead instructors who are the ones who are in main communication with the school about logistics for the day. And so at the end of the day, the lead instructor 
does a debrief and the structure is this and everybody does it essentially the same way. We ask for student numbers and everybody gives that so we can have those for our permitting and all that kind of stuff. And then they ask about any safety concerns, um, any trip slips or falls or just anything that seemed unsafe that needs to be addressed for next time. Um, any logistics issues, so scheduling, materials, anything there. Uh, and then each staff member has a chance to go around and talk about their day. And so, you know, a staff member will say, okay, it's my turn. Um, man, I had a, an eight, you know, we usually rate, rate it on a scale of one to 10. And, and that's very subjective. We don't have that <laughs> outlined. And so you get to learn what people's averages are, but, um, and then they just talk about their day and say like, this is, this is what worked well. Um, the kids were really focused today, or they had lots of good questions. They'll talk about the characteristics of the kids, talk about what curriculum they did, what landed, what didn't go so well. Um, and, uh, any suggestions for the future, too? And that is what has led our curriculum to be so powerful, is that you have these roundup times when everybody sits and chats, and um, somebody will say, oh, yeah, I tried this, and it worked so well. And everybody else is like, oh, cool, tell me more about it. That's a really cool idea. I never thought of doing that. Or somebody might say, man, this is the third time I've tried this activity, and it's just not working for me. And our culture is that people will say, oh, have you tried X, Y, and Z? Or what about this? Or I'd be happy to talk with you further and go over that some more. So all through that, our lead instructor is taking notes. And then, you know me, I love Google Forms. There's a Google Form that they go home and they fill out, and that emails a report to me. So I get reports from each of our days out without even being out there and can, you know, get a little bit of that pulse of what's going on. And it's also a really quick, easy way, channel of communication for folks to communicate stuff to me like, hey, we need more of these in the kit. Or it was suggested that this improvement be made to the materials. Um, and I, it's a really good, smooth communication kind of channel pattern that we have set up. And I really, really like it. Um, and again, it, it helps me be in the know, but also I can pick up the phone and say, hey, tell me more about this thing that happened today. Um, and I'm, I'm getting that information in a pretty timely manner. So that works out really well. And and I feel really fortunate that our staff culture and I, and I came into this. I can't say that I built this in, by any means. Uh, but I came into a staff culture that was really, um, really focused on feedback. And I have a couple of staff who are just really good about being like, yo, you messed that up. <laughs> you need to do better next time. <laughs> you know. And at first you're like, ooh, but um, it is so good that that's the kind of honesty that's out mm. there um, because it really does force people to be on their A game and to care. And that's the thing that I've I've seen be really strong is when folks are able to call each other out and be like, yo, this didn't work, or this really affected me negatively when this happened, this, this action that you took. Um, I, it really just pushes everybody to care a lot more and, and take ownership. So I really appreciate that. I love that. And I also think it's important, especially during the summer, that you don't wait until you get your report at the end of August from that staff member to find out that they were miserable all summer long or that they didn't you know, appreciate the way something worked or they had trouble with equipment or you know a program or something it's like why didn't you tell me this and often we have to be the ones to make that first move to offer them the opportunity for that feedback forum so I love that um, the last thing I'd want to add under this category um, is just more support stuff and making them feel included so Friday evenings were always our camp coffee houses so they were talent shows so 
trippers used to the campers always participated in the talent show as well because they came home late afternoon Friday they showered up and then they got to come to a banquet dinner and they had worked up a skit or a song during the week while they were out on trip so they would be a part of the show and share with us and it always evolved revolved around one of the adventures or the crazy things that happened to them while they were on trip and most of the time we had no idea what they were talking about but they were having a great time so it was awesome and Sunday staff meetings so that was prior to our next session which would come in we always had time for our staff to share their GMICs our great moments in camping and I've talked about this a few times on the podcast and that would include our satellite staff and it gave us the rest of us a glimpse into the weeks that they had had and to meet with the other thing we would do was also give them time to meet with their wellness partners to check in to share concerns and joys and to find that other layer of support um, just to kind of make them feel included so I'd add a couple of those kinds of things into your programming however that works in your schedule of camp I love it I love it ah so cool well I hope Everyone who has um, satellite or tripping staff has gained some cool ideas from this. And, you know, this is the part of the show where we typically have Gab recap. But (laughs) Beth and I both felt like we just couldn't do it justice. So go back and listen to the podcast again. You can put it on two times feed. And uh, (laughs) we again, hope you'll you'll take away some big things. I don't know. The big thing I heard was just make them feel a part of the community Mm -hmm. and, and find ways to to not just send them out as the lone rangers that they are. (laughs) Absolutely. And then you want them a part of your mission too, right? So if they're a part of that community, they will understand that mission and they will do their best to live out that mission while they're off-site as well so that campers are still getting that, like whatever your mission happens to be. Um, You know, ours was creating difference makers. So if you're doing that off-site too in the wilderness, like how amazing is that? So you just want to make sure that they really feel a part of things so that they want to make that kind of impact. Yeah. Love it. Oh, so great. Well, if you want to get involved with our podcast, you can join us using the hashtag camp code and tell us what topics you'd like for us to discuss, any guests you'd recommend that we talk to, any great leadership training tips that you have to share. We love to hear from you. We are all about sharing this industry in this industry. And uh, we weren't able to put out quite as many podcasts this year because we were on the road at conferences and it was so great to share and, and to talk to so many listeners. And we really appreciate your feedback and have gotten some great emails as well. So keep them coming. That's uh, we'll need them as we're planning next season. Um, also, if you have found this podcast to be useful, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes or in your podcast app. You can leave a rating and review in iTunes by going to camphacker.tv slash cc underscore iTunes. Or you can tweet your love of the show by going to camphacker.tv slash love. And your feedback really helps keep the show going and, and lets us know how we're doing too. So we really appreciate that. We want to make sure you can be in touch with either of us if, if you have questions or follow up about today uh, or any other episode that you've heard from us. So Beth, how can people get in touch with you? They can find out more about what Travis and I do at camphacker.tv or at gocamp.pro. You can reach me directly at beth at camphacker.tv and you'll find us on Twitter at camphacker or at topaz. 
Right on. And I can be reached at rubylynn85 at gmail.com. My Twitter handle is rubylynn85, or you can follow me on Instagram, rubyoutdoors, and see what people do during the summer when they're not at camp. I plan to post lots of those photos this this year. Uh, Speaking of the summer and the fall, Beth, what's our next podcast? Well, our next podcast is not until September. Um, So we've got a big list of topics already that we're starting to think about. Uh, One of them in particular is using mealtime intentionally during staff training. So we'll be talking about that. Um, So if you have ideas on that, let us know uh, how things are going this summer. You can maybe send us a quick um, shout and we'll um, include that in the podcast. But we have a whole list of other ones too. So as your summer's going along, keep a little list somewhere of topics you'd like us to cover for next year. That's great. Thanks, Beth. And our final segment on each podcast is a best practice for leadership training. And we would love to hear some of your most memorable moments or most effective tips. And you can tell us what they are using that hashtag camp code or being in touch with the uh, ways we talked about earlier. But today, Beth has our best practice. So I think at this time of the year, one of the best things to remember to talk about with all the things you are cramming into the heads of your staff for training is to get them to think about taking care of themselves. We don't want to have everybody sick by the dreaded week three of camp uh, where things start to fall apart uh, or um, having them just, you know, have so much anxiety or so much stress that they just can't cope or they're not doing their job well or they're not enjoying their time at camp and uh, giving their best back to camp. So we would do a session every year on self-management and it doesn't have to be, you know, an hour long thing. It could be 15 minutes, but you just want to address it really intentionally with your staff and talk about ways that they can take care of themselves, especially if you're living in residential camping where you don't seem to get a break and get to go home at the end of the day. So one of the things I've come across uh, in time is called the self-care wheel. And if you Google it, you'll find all kinds of different images of it. But it's the self-care wheel for a good life balance. And there are six categories in the wheel, six pie shapes. And I would be talking about this, showing it to the staff, maybe not giving them any of the information underneath it, um, but giving them the headings, divide them into small groups maybe or partners, and come up with ways that they can take care of themselves under each of those categories throughout the summer. And maybe also give them time afterwards to think about their own personal one just on their own because they may need some stuff that other people don't need. So the six categories are physical. So how do you take care of yourself physically? So like eating healthy, um, you know, getting good exercise, making sure you're getting enough sleep, you know, all those kinds of things. Psychologically, so maybe giving your time for self-reflection or journaling, Uh, you know, doing some self-awareness stuff, relaxing in the sun outdoors. That's obviously something really easy to do at summer camp. Uh, The third one is emotionally. So how are you going to take care of yourself emotionally? Uh, And what ideas can, you know, for some people, it's just have a really good laugh or have a really good cry, depending on what uh, you need to do. Uh, But what are some ideas you can do under there? Um, The other one is spiritual. And it just, it doesn't mean necessarily religious, but um, it could, obviously. But how can you take care of yourself spiritually? So again, going out into nature. There you go. You're at summer camp. Um, taking some time to dance or play or be inspired. Personally is the uh, next one. So learning who you are, figuring out um, what you want in life, planning some short and long-term goals. How are you going to, you know, getting coffee with a friend, sitting down for five minutes. Um, and of course, if you're working at summer camp, 
Good luck with that one. Um, but uh, the last one, of course, is professionally. So how are you going to take care of yourself professionally, doing your job well, planning for the future? What skills are you learning now and uh, asking about learning so that you can take that into your life going forward? So those are the uh, six things, physical, psychological, emotional, spiritual, personal, and professional. And giving your staff an opportunity to share some of those ideas together as a big group. And again, I don't think it takes a lot of time, but I think it's important um, to hear from staff. And the other thing that we would do at the end of our sessions when we did that was to ask our more senior staff members who'd been around for a long time, how do they do it? How do they make it through the summer without burning out? What are some tips and tricks that they may have that could help some of our first-time staffers out? So you want to make sure to take care of your people, but also there's an onus on us to take care of our own person as well uh, and not just the people that we look after because if we don't look after ourselves, we're not looking after our people very well either. Very important reminder this time of year. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And so we want to wish all of you all just the best summer ever and appreciate uh, you're listening to our podcast and, and engaging and talking with us all along the way and just hope that um, everything in staff training goes smoothly and lessons are learned and um, that it's, it is truly the best summer ever. Uh, we also want to say a big thanks to Etienne for all of his production and editing work that he does on our podcast. Without him, you all would never get to hear these. <laughs> so we're really, really appreciative to him uh, for his time and that, that he gives to make this podcast happen. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Again, remember, you can join us using that hashtag camp code. And thanks for listening, friends. Please remember... No other industry shares its best practices the way summer camps do. If you use an idea heard on a Camp Hacker podcast, please be professional and give credit where credit is due. The Camp Code is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for the listening, friends. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.